When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Disasters strike quickly and without warning. They are frightening for adults. They can be traumatic for children, especially if they don't know what to do. But there are steps you can take to make sure your family is prepared as possible for these situations. I'm H.T. Link from the American Red Cross, and this is Parent Savers, Episode 64. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome back, everybody, to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill, and thanks again to everyone who listens, including our loyal listeners who've joined the Parent Savers Club. These members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. You, too, can subscribe to our monthly Parent Savers newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. And another way for you to stay connected to us is by downloading our free Parent Savers app, available on the Android and iTunes marketplace, so you can listen to us on the phone or on the go, or you can just listen to us on our website site on the computer whenever new episodes come live stream it directly from there we're joined today in studio by some parents as well as our expert ht link so let's go around and do some introductions so we know who we're talking to hello i'm scott killian i'm 36 years old i'm a certified financial planner i've got one boy alex he's three hi my name is matt bowler i'm a journalist here in san diego and i've got one boy and he's uh almost two feels like he's two and a half <laughs> and he's here in studio with yeah us too, he's here so. in studio so if you hear any screaming or crying yes you don't have to go run to your kids. yeah That's yeah, yeah, yeah you blame right him <laughs> exactly and i'm your host Johnner. i have three kids six four and two years old just turned two years old um three boys and we're also joined in studio today by our producer aaron estevez ht what about you um i've been with the red cross about uh, 14 years i'm older than i'd like to be i've got a couple of uh, grown daughters who are no longer live at home and don't have any children yet but i'm expecting to have some of that soon Nice. Well, that's great. Well, welcome, everyone. Now we have a question from Robin. Robin writes, We bought this beautiful crib bedding for our first child, complete with the mobile that hangs over the crib. And now with our second child, the mobile seems to be a bit of a problem. Our toddler likes to disassemble it, and I'm worried our nine-month-old baby may get hurt in the process, especially if it happens at night since they sleep in the same room. Have there been any reports about mobiles being dangerous? Hi, this is Julie Valise, child safety expert. Robin, I researched the Consumer Product Safety Commission's database that provides information on a variety of products and reports of injury. The database is a sample of cases and is based on a reporting system through hospitals across the country. Having looked back at approximately five years, there are maybe five or six entries regarding mobile. The injuries include minor lacerations or the mobile falling on an infant's head. Having said that, I think it's important to recognize that a mobile is made up of a number of different cords or strings, 
which could be easy for a toddler and an infant to get entangled in. While there are no cases that I can find that point to entanglement or worse, if there's a chance that a mobile might become unattached and end up in the crib, it might be a good idea to remove it altogether. I hope that's helpful. Today's topic is emergency preparations for your family. Thanks so much to HT Link from the American Red Cross for joining us in studio. He's going to be telling us all about preparing for and, ha- and handling emergencies. But we also, at the end of the show, are going to have a chance for you to win your very own emergency preparation kit from our friends at Safety First. So stick around to the end for information on how you can be a part of that. HT, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Good to be here. You know, at the American Red Cross, we do a lot of things, but uh, disaster preparedness and disaster response is really our number one uh, line of business, if you will. And we think it's important for everybody, families with young children, families without children, anybody everywhere needs to know how to be prepared for disasters that might strike their area. So from a family perspective, I mean, let's talk about how some of the different disasters maybe we've had recently or generally speaking and how they can really affect families. Well, it depends uh, in large part where you live in the country. So mm-hmm. I, I know that this is a national forum. But yeah. uh, let's say you live in the south. Maybe you're more concerned about uh, hurricanes right. and uh, tornadoes. If you live in the Midwest, maybe it's uh, tornadoes and floods. If you live in the West, it's probably wildfires and maybe earthquakes. And, uh, you know, depending on where you are, it depends on, on what the disaster can be. And they affect families in different ways. And some you have no notice at all, a tornado, right. an earthquake. In some, you get some warning, a hurricane approaching the coast, a floodwaters rising. So you know something's coming your way. It gives you a little more time to react. And that reaction time is what can often spell the difference between you being able to get out of your home quickly with everything you need or not. Right. You know, and it's so interesting, too, that the regional differences, because I grew up in St. Louis, and my wife grew up out here on the West Coast. So we had to deal with things like tornadoes, tornado drills, and floods, and sandbagging. And I know all about that. But those are things that she probably is familiar with. Maybe with El Nino a few years ago, people were sandbagging (laughs) along the coast. Um, But then she has earthquake drills and they had those in school and they were totally different. So the regional difference are huge. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I grew I was born in Minnesota and we had a basement and every once in a while we'd have to Mm -hmm. go into the basement. And out here, when we moved out here, I don't see too many basements that we would have to go into. Yeah, they don't exist. No, don't, no basements. Uh, and it's probably a good thing because, uh, you know, our number one disaster in Southern California is probably the earthquake uh, in addition to the wildfire. But, you know, if, if you have basements and you have earthquakes, you end up with people in basements and then you've got real problems. So it's probably better that we don't have those basements here. So as we talk about all these emergencies, I know that, you know, there's the way that we react personally as adults and parents, but, you know, kids have a lot to take in and are affected by these things too. What are ways that adults and kids react differently to emergencies? Well, we'd like to think that adults uh, are prepared both mentally and physically for an emergency and they know what to do and children don't. Right. Uh, and the best thing we can do is as the children get older, uh, begin to talk to them about disasters and, and how to respond. And it's, it's everything from even the simplest thing, which would be a house fire. You know, your house catches on fire. Does everybody in the house know in advance how we're going to get out of this house and where we'll go yeah. when we get out. Every room in every house, particularly bedroom, should have two ways out. One's a door, obviously, and ideally there's a window. If there isn't, then you really need to take special care with that particular person to make sure somebody is responsible for going to that room and making sure that person gets out. And then once you're outside, 
where do you reconnect? Is it the fire hydrant across the street? Is it the elm tree on the corner? Is it the 7-Eleven down the block? But there's got to be some place that everybody in that family of any age who's, who's old enough to, to, to think right. for this on their own knows to go so that we can take a quick nose count and make sure everybody's out of the house. I know my six-year-old and my four-year-old could handle, I think, some of that. The four-year-old, it might scare them a little bit that we're talking about the emergencies. But I would imagine that even as young as three, they could follow some directions. Um, you know, what do you think? What are you guys' thoughts on how young that well, you can I, really You know, I, I remember because I grew up in, with a family of journalists, and I'm a journalist, and we always run to the disasters. Right. But uh, So I remember that being kind of part of the f- kind of the family culture in a way. Okay. And it was always made fun. It was always something kind of as part of sort of child play. Oh, well, let's go get all the emergency stuff together. It was We were part of the process. It wasn't... It wasn't. It wasn't just this big, overwhelming, scary story. It was like, you know, you know, they'd buy one extra whatever blanket or whatever it is yeah. that we had in the kit, so that I could play with it, and then we'd go pick them out together. When I was old enough to do that, I remember doing that specifically with my mother for earthquakes. And so, really, whenever something would happen, it was almost an adventure. You remember yeah. it being kind of an adventure. Yeah, yeah. When there were big issues, because it was like, yeah. oh, grandpa's over here, or your dad is over here, or things things along those lines. Because I personally identified with it. But I think the bigger part was making it fun for us. Okay. That was that was part of it. We were part of that process. It wasn't just this bad things happen, you know, be aware kind of thing. It was it was, you know, we could have these adventures in our lives and this is where if the if we have, you know, this is this is how you build an uh, a kit and then right. I got to build the kit with them and so it was that was kind of part of the fun. Well, I know like we just drove through um up in LA, they had the fires that burned out to Malibu. And we went up, we were up there and we were driving back and the kids were affected by that and are, and are mentioning to us, you know, a couple of weeks afterwards, like, is there going to be a fire that comes through and comes to our house? I mean, it, they, they see it. And I know that, uh, it, it'd be great to add an element of fun and adventure and you want to tell them everything's okay. We're not going to have a fire at our house, but they're affected by it because in their worldview that can happen. Yeah, one of the things is I know that, um, you know, my boy, is, he's three years old, and I know that he would not know what to do or would be able to comprehend you know, this, what needs to be done in a you know, major emergency. I think he would be able to identify when there is an emergency yeah. at, at, this, at this point. So that's kind of where he's Just kind of freak out a little bit, huh? Yeah, I mean, or, yeah, or maybe yeah. even be, you know, like, like an alarm of like, hey, you know, something's going on or, or something you know, and like then, that. And, and I remember working the fires up here in, in Scripps Ranch. Remember when they burned all the way west mm-hmm. of the 15 and destroyed, and there was the big emergency shelter up here, and we went out to cover the shelter over there. And, you know, one of the big problems they had was that, you know, they had the women and small children separate because you have to do that in these kind of big situations. And I think a lot of the kids didn't understand why, People, some people were set off into certain areas, right. and they couldn't they couldn't comprehend the the the, the situation there. You know, talking about um, fire preparation, and you know, you know, it struck me when you were talking that our kids are up on second the second story, so they've got the door, and then we're on the second story, and I'm not sure there's bushes below their window either. So, what are some what would be are, are there ladders that we could prepare for that, and um, what are some ideas for second story windows? 
Well, a couple of things. One is there are uh, rope ladders, yeah. so that's one thing that uh, you can you can get and have right in in a, in a home in either put in each one, room. You can put one in each room. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, earthquakes uh, is another one where we have second stories and we have bedrooms. We have people, you know, in earthquakes, very often the the, the, the frames of the doors shift. And, and and I know a woman who's a, a celebrity, and if I gave her your name, you'd recognize it, but I won't. But she she told me that she. In her home, she's very conscious of, of, of earthquakes, and she lives in an earthquake-prone area. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she said was, you know, in every bedroom in my house, under each bed, there's a crowbar. And that's, that's why. So that if that door shifts and, mm-hmm. and you got to get out, you use that crowbar to get out. Now, if you're stuck on the second floor, you still need to be able to get out. A rope ladder yeah. comes in handy. Or um, even, just, even just a knotted rope, if you do it right, you could lower somebody down. You could yeah. lower the children down and then lower yourself down. So, But... That's really the important point: is thinking about this stuff in advance. When the fire, when the flames are licking up the stairs, that's the wrong time to start thinking about how am we going to get out of this. Yeah, you know, thinking about it beforehand, having that fire drill, maybe not at two a.m., but having that, (laughs) having that fire drill, and having everybody know kids up anyhow, right? Right? I mean, it's true. But you know how to get out of the house and then where to go, because that's the other thing. We very often, tragically, we have seen parents perish in fires because they went back into the house looking for a child that was already outside. But well, they, they didn't have a place to meet, so the parent didn't oh, know that. That's so sad. It is. Um, well, and I mean, on a plane, they tell you to take care of yourself first, get the oxygen mask on you. I mean, a lot of that. I mean, you hear that, but I mean, really, you're going to do your kid first. I mean, that's just the truth of the matter. I, yeah. I don't think there's a mother out there that will put their own oxygen mask on first, even though it's well, the, the thing thi- they should right, do. The thinking being that if you're gone, then... Who's going to take care of the Who's kid? Who's going to take care of the kid? I know, I know, but right. you know the, oh. the immediate reaction. But are there things first. like that that you that the Red Cross recommends to folks uh, as far as you know what to do about going to get the kids? Take care of yourself. Don't li- like leave the house. Have the meeting place and make sure the kids know it. But if you get outside and your kids aren't there, I mean, every parent's going to want to run. Well, back. the idea of evacu- of an of an evacuation plan, whether it's yeah. for a, a home fire or whether you just have to evacuate the house for some other reason, yeah. is that that everybody has a way to account for everybody. So if the children are old enough and can get out on their own, then their instructions right. are to get out and go to that meeting place. If they're too young to get out on their own, then one of the parents or one of the other children has to take the responsibility for doing that. And there has to be a backup for that. If that if, if the 12-year-old is supposed to be going to get the two-year-old, but he's on a sleepover, then somebody else has to take that responsibility. And it's important for you to know that and for them to know it. And, and more importantly is when you have other people in the home watching the children, do they know it? Yes. If you've got a, a caregiver, a babysitter, grandma and grandpa there with the kids while you're away on a trip. They need to know what the evacuation plan is as well and how to execute it and what's expected. Yeah. HT, do you, do you th- um, just in, in your experience, do you think that, uh, are you finding that more families or less families have a evacuation plan? I, I think we're finding more families and part of it is because there are more and more resources available for families, particularly online. Um, the, the National Red Cross website, for example, redcross.org, has all sorts of information on it. Um, recently, we've begun, in the last year, we've begun downloading, uh, I'm sorry, uh, we began putting apps for download available uh, on, on our website and, and on, the, on the, Google, you know, the Google Store and the App Store, the Apple Store and all that. And, and they're, they're disaster specific. So there's one for earthquakes, there's one for first aid, there's one for uh, hurricanes, uh, there's one for wildfires. And more and more people, I think, I think we're up to several million downloads now of those on, on smartphones. So people are taking those, they're using those, and they're, 
And as they use that, they start to take advantage of the information because a lot of those apps will tell you, here's how you make the plan, here's how you can access information. And, and the more that we can encourage families to do that, we find that they're doing it on their own. Does everybody have a plan? Almost certainly not. Would we like everybody to have a plan? Absolutely. So as, I mean, so as a fire, and we talked about an evacuation plan, but as we talked about at the beginning, different disasters, different emerging situations call for different steps. So I always run through in my head, being out here in California, um, an earthquake situation that, you know, if there's an earthquake that shakes the house and stuff's falling down, what order am I going to run and get the kids in? Am I going to go get the two-year-old first? Am I going to go into the older boy's room first? What's... What are the steps going to take? Do you have any tips or thoughts on, first of all, what happens right when the earthquake hits, and then second of all, gathering stuff for the kids if there's structural damage? Well, right when the earthquake hits, what we tell people is drop cover and hold on. Yeah. You know, drop, if you can get below something that's sturdy, do that, and right. then just hang on. And don't don't move. One of the, st- one of the things that we've learned from earthquakes is the, the more you move yeah. in an earthquake, the more likely you are to be injured. Cause so, you know, people who move more than five feet tend to be safer than those who try to move. If you're inside, stay inside. Don't try to get outside. If you're outside, stay there. Right. Get don't, down, but stay there. Don't move. Don't move. I think right. I remember hearing once that if you're in bed, roll out of it because there's a pocket that's created between the bed and the wall. Triangle of often, life yeah. is what I've heard it referred to as. Yeah, right there by it. Because the bed will, walls and stuff will fall on the bed or your yeah. dresser falls there and then you end up with this little... Right. Certainly if I'm in bed and I'm going to roll out, I'll try to pull the mattress over me. Oh, that's right? a good, yeah. Uh, t- for, for protection. And, and there are lots of things like that. And, and a lot of those things you can find in our earthquake app or on, online in various places. But it's important to know those things and, to, again, to think it through in advance. Uh it, it, it's it's a little harder to to pass this on to your children, but you mm-hmm. need to try to do that. And you know, he made a, he made an excellent point that you know, we, don't, we don't want to scare the pants off of them, but on the other hand, we do want them once they're able to to know enough uh, to realize, okay, well, this is what's happening, and this is what I this is what mom or dad told me to do, and this is what I should do. I got to say, I really like that earthquake app because you can set it to regions. So maybe I live in San Diego, but my parents live in San Francisco, and it'll notify you when there's an earthquake up there. Yeah. So you don't have to even experience the thing. You get you get you get kind of a heads up on that. It, there's another one that you guys put out that lists all the shelters. That's called well. the shelter app. As the a shelter of fact. app yep. that I really like too because you could it'll tell you where to go. Plus it'll tell you it has an automatic email you can set up to tell everyone you're okay, right. which I thought was was really really nice. valuable because I think a lot of times you know when I'd cover these shelters there'd be people there looking for their loved ones, but they were at another shelter. Right, exactly. And, you know, Nobody really wants to have to go to a Red Cross shelter. It's not, it's not the most fun you're ever going to have. You know, one night you're sleeping in your home and everything is fine, and the next night you're in a Red Cross shelter uh, spending the night with 100 or 200 of your new best friends. <laughs> yeah. well, but to yeah. Matt's point, I think for young kids especially, if you don't let, the, let them see the fear, but instead are treating it like a fun adventure or an interesting happening it's it's tough to balance the we this is fun and have your kids be having fun while tragedy striking around you um, yeah, yeah that's a little different you yeah know, exa- but still but still the kids are going to look to you on how to react and how you're treating that experience right. I, right. and i remember being at the at qualcomm as well and that was like that was big in the sense that it wasn't nobody was trapped, but that that stadium was full. It of was people. full. I, I seem to recall we had about five thousand people. There. It was it was incredibly oh. full. The parking lot, the stadium, people were were having were doing that with their kids. They were setting up little play areas, and I remember the Red Cross kind of made a point right. to make sure that the kids 
had a place to have fun because they're still going to want to have fun. Exactly. While the parents were freaking out. You can't have them stop being kids. Yeah. yeah. And see, that's that's the other kind of evacuation that you have to worry about. We, we talked about the fire and evacuating mm-hmm. your home. But the other one is disaster coming your way or has come your way, an earthquake, a wildfire, floods, tornado, whatever it is. Yeah. Now you're going to have to evacuate your home. And you're and, and we tell everybody that you need to have a disaster supplies kit. And you need really one if you're just going to be trapped in your home for a while, but you have another one if, or the same one with portions of it if you have to evacuate. All right, let's take a quick break right here. That's a good point. And we'll talk about that after the break as far as a ton of other stuff. We're going to easily fill the next segment as well. There's tons of stuff I want to talk to. So we'll be right back. Thanks so much, HT. All right, welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking about emergency preparations for your family with HT Link from the American Red Cross. We were just beginning to touch on emergency preparations kit, and then Matt brought his out as well. But let's yeah. talk about a, the, a little about the different kinds of kits that families should prepare. Well, I think the, the big daddy, if you will, is what if we have to leave the home and, and go somewhere for a week or two? What are we going to need? And typically, we divide the contents of a kit into four parts. We've got the food and water aspect. We've got the first aid and medications aspect. We've got the electronics aspect. And finally, the money part of that. And we, I can touch on each of those. The bottom line here is think about if I'm gone, if I have to evacuate the house, if we have to evacuate our house and we're gone for a week or 10 days or more, what are the things that we're going to need? What are we going to need in terms of medication, for example? Are you on a prescription med or is one of your children on a prescription med and do you have that? Um, what about a radio, a flashlight? And those all important battery chargers, you know, batteries and chargers that we need to make that work. Um, what if there's a first aid situation? Are we prepared for that? And that's that's really more in the home, but it's important to recognize that if there's a big disaster, if if your child gets a broken arm right now, you're probably going to call nine one one, and there's a good chance the EMTs or somebody will be there within five to ten minutes. Right. If there's a big disaster, an earthquake, or you're threatened with a wildfire, or something, and one of your children breaks a limb. You can call 911 until you're blue in the face, but there's a good chance they're not going to get there that fast. Yeah. And so you have to be able to deal with that. So that's sort of part of the advanced preparation. Yeah, and in a way, you have to realize as a priority, there might be people that are hurt a lot more than just a broken arm. And that right. you, and as much as you need to take care of your kid and the broken arm, the professionals need to right. be paying attention elsewhere. But the time to learn first aid or CPR is not at that point. It's in advance. So that's one of the things that families can do in advance to be prepared for disaster. Take those CPR classes, take those first aid classes, download the first aid app, go through it, take the time to see what's in there. And and that first aid app is actually very useful just at any time in your home. If if something happens, if there's an insect bite or some sort of a, a, a broken bone or anything else, all that information is there. So, but back to the evacuation, you know, you're contemplating leaving your home, a week, 10 days, maybe longer. What are the things that you will need? The medications, what will you have to have? The things for the for the kids, you know, what right. what do you need for them to keep them entertained? Is it is it games, is it toys, is it books? Their medications, but also their diet. I know on a previous episode you had someone talking about nutrition for 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 infants. Yeah. So if your child is used to a certain diet and you have to leave the home, you may go to a Red Cross shelter and we'll do everything we can to keep you safe and warm and feed you. But we might not have specifically what your child needs for the diet. So that's the thing that you need to think about bringing. If it's a special formula, uh, is it some sort of special food that you that you need? Make sure you have that and all the medications for the child. So, you know. That's that, that. Those are the kinds of things. And again, the time to think about that. You you asked about well, how do the you know how, how do the kids perceive what the parents are doing? 
If you've done your preparation in advance, if you've got your kit, if you've got your plan, if you're going about it in a methodical way, if it's a wildfire and you're about to evacuate or you've been told to evacuate because of floods, if the children see you going through this methodically and say, okay, you get this bag, you get that bag, let's load them in the car, maybe you've already got the car already packed, right. they, will, they will stay a lot calmer and they'll be a lot um, more emotionally yeah, secure when that's going on. That's true. Yeah, I, I brought my, my kit to, to show off that I actually made um, from two old ammo boxes that I got and I like the ammo boxes. They look like tackle boxes kind of too. Well, for, yeah, I'm but not, that, yeah, tack- I'm not a gun person so I'm not uh, I mean well, it's these the, are yeah, ammo like boxes. military ammo boxes. They they I think these held like um a bunch of 9mm rounds from yeah. what I remember. You go to a military surplus store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing that that people always forget are glasses, goggles. Mm. Because especially during fires and I I ended up with eye problems because the ash came in behind my, my, my glasses and oh. I ended up with ash in my eye. We have our old work gloves here and then in the work gloves we stuck bags of batteries. Sonny's grabbing pictures of it to get on the website too so people can and see And then it. of course like rain duct tape because duct tape fixes everything. Yeah. And then the one thing a lot of people I think forget because if cell phone network goes down and that happened during other wildfires is you couldn't communicate with other people and if you're a cross place you need a little a little short wave radio that you can get now yeah they're like twenty dollars you know but but you then you need batteries for them and then you know i got we end up with the the red cross emergency pack that we ordered and then probably the more more important thing is the radio here too it's a wind up and a and and it also powers cell phone oh. so so you can st- with a solar panel so you can stick it in the sun oh nice and then power your cell phone if the phone networks do right. end up working. And that happens a lot during tornadoes and uh, even wildfires. So, you know, the power is liable to go out. So think about, you know, how will I do this with the power out? It's an interesting yeah. thing as you put together the kit. Like that, you know, it's not necessarily that we're preparing for an anarchy I'm not a pre- I'm not a prepper. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's different know. than prepping. It's because even if you go to like a shelter or you're away from your family, these are things that are you may need. you there may not be outlets to charge your cell phone. No, there, there may won't not be, be places for you to listen to the radio. Yeah. And so that kind of stuff, it's not that everyone's going to be running around trying to take everyone's stuff, um, but instead you're just ready and, to be know, away from your house. And you don't always evacuate. Sometimes the disaster strikes, the power's out, the water's out, the electricity's yeah. out, the gas is out, and you're in your home. And what, one of the things we find after a disaster, people are very reluctant to leave their homes. And as soon as they can go back in, if they've evacuated, they'll go back in. They'll go back in if the power's off, if the gas is off. Right. They, they just want to be in their home. And if they've prepared for it, then they've got the things that they need. They've got the food and yeah. water, for example. And we tell people, you know, water, essential, one gallon per person per day. So if you think you're going to be, you know, you need to do this for a week, you can do the math on that depending on the size of your family. And that's a lot of water, but that's water for then drinking, my, how cooking, long, cleaning. How long is that water good for? Well, most most it. water, if you know, if you buy a flat of water, it's, yeah. it, it's probably, it, it's good for three months, six months before it gets stale. One of the things we tell people is in your home disaster kit where you have things that are perishable like water or maybe some yeah. some foodstuffs, that's a good chore for an older child. You know, once a month, go out, check the, the dates and, and rotate that stuff through. So if you're used to having a flat of water in your car, then the next time you need the flat of water, take it out of the emergency kit, but make sure you replace mm, it with another it. one. So yeah. it's, it's good to rotate the stock. You mentioned glasses and that's important for everybody, uh, a spare pair of glasses because you may run off and forget your glasses if you've got a spare pair even if it's your old pair yeah, it's, it's still better than nothing but another good thing to make sure you have is if you have prescriptions have a copy of the prescription 
either a paper copy or somewhere on your cell phone. Same with your eyeglasses if you've got a prescription for that because you may lose those things, you may break those things, and if you've got the prescription with you, you can always go and, and get another, particularly if you've moved out of the disaster area. So, again, all the things that you kind of have to think through in advance and take the time to do it. But, you know, what, what our research and what our experience shows us is it pays off, and it pays off in spades when the time comes. H, do you have a uh, question? I know we're talking about emergency kits in terms of, like, like pure survival. Is there any uh, discussion about bringing emergency like financial documents with you i mean is that is that part of this this process or is it just something like well it's no, not no. truly no absolutely i think that's that that is part of it i mean if you've got particularly if you have a documents like uh I mean, so much is online in the cloud now that maybe it's not as important as it was but if you're not involved in that then yes you need right you know your financial documents what about your insurance documents what about you know bank statements and things like that just so you know how you can access it and if the power's out you're not going to be able to run to that ATM that you're used to running to to get your your, yeah. your your twenty dollar bill. So make sure you've got some cash, and make sure it's in smaller bills, fives, right. tens, and ones. You know, going going on a disaster with two one hundred dollar bills in your wallet <laughs> is not going to do it for you. <laughs> nobody so, nobody yeah. can break a twenty. Nobody, nobody <laughs> can or will break well, it. I'll break you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, a bottle of water. Yeah, you were talking about wants and needs versus things to grab. Like if you were evacuating or leaving the house, and it's you know. But it was interesting, I think, that you said a need is to keep the kids entertained. And I think and straddling the line between needs and wants is, I think, this financial information or maybe pictures. You know, people always grab pictures or firefighters. You hear try to grab pictures in disasters or hurricanes or tornadoes, um, family pictures that had been destroyed or waterlogged. And so, like, I know we have, like, a hard drive that I back up maybe once a month. And I know that if we were going to have to go, I could just grab that external hard drive right. and run off with it. Too. Right. I do the same thing, except that mine's in the safety deposit box at the bank. Oh, so so it's there. I'm all about the cloud for all that stuff. Right. I just put it in the cloud, yep. yeah. and then I can get it anywhere as long as I can get online. But yeah. then again, you won't be able to get online mm-hmm. a lot but of eventually times. You eventually, you Eventually, know. that'll right. come back. But you know, as, so as we kind of wrap this up, as we've definitely filled up the time and more, um, I want to talk a little more about a disaster maybe that doesn't directly affect your family, but it's affecting the community. And there's a big urge, uh, especially we've seen the recent disasters. We've seen this great quote from Fred Rogers go around a lot about um, look for the helpers in the case of an emergency that you see. And you talked about it with your family too, Matt, is there's people that go to the disaster that want to help out. Um, But there may be some well-meaning families that want to help, don't know how to help, or might actually show up and help and them showing up at an overburdened shelter already isn't a help. So what are some tips for families who maybe do want to help, have young kids, have ways that they could either help remotely or some practical tips on how they could help if there is a disaster? Yeah. Well, and, you know, we're a we're, with the Red Cross, we're a volunteer-led organization, and, and we use volunteers in all of our operations. Ninety-five percent of what we do, we do with volunteers. So yeah. clearly we're in the business of encouraging people right. to volunteer. We'd like them to, to, you know, kind of get affiliated with a local chapter and do that beforehand and volunteer. And we just, in fact, next week we will release something called the Volunteer App, which is a way for people to download the app to begin with, learn how they can volunteer with their local chapter, and get get the kind of basic training that they need to be a be a, a useful and productive volunteer. Now, when the disaster happens, if you're not affected, you're absolutely right, John. There are people who come to the disaster, they want to help, they're well-meaning people, and, and we we hate to have to turn them away. Sometimes right. we do because we're just overwhelmed with it. Uh, and, and, and in that case, maybe the best thing to do is just 
just to go and and think about and send your best wishes out to people who are affected. Um, you can usually make financial donations either through the Red Cross or some other agency to help the people in that area. Uh, one of the things we've started doing recently is we're engaged a lot more in the world of social media, social engagement, yeah. than we had been. And that's where um, information is right away. That's where yeah. information is. We're, we're, uh, uh, some of our chapters and certainly our national headquarters are beginning to build a core of people to help us with that, and that's something that can be done remotely. Yeah. Uh, there's probably some tasks at some chapters that you could do and, and, and bring your children with them. Uh, when we open shelters, uh, we often have a, a child care center in that shelter, or a child right. area in that center where, where children can go. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities for people to do things. But the best, the best bet is to contact your local chapter, uh, find out what you can do in advance, get affiliated with them, uh, with, with or without your, your, your small children. Download the, uh, when it comes out, download the volunteer app and, and learn how to use that and how we can use volunteers. That's great. Well, I mean, we're out of time for today's show, but I think we've packed a lot of stuff into our Parent Savers Emergency Kit here as uh, we talk. We're actually going to try to pack a little bit more content with our bonus question for our Parent Savers Club members. After the show, HT is going to tell us a little bit more about some of the one-minute drills on the Red Cross website, uh, some cool things to check out. So we will wrap up the show right after this. Now we have a listener comment from Carrie. She tells us that she just joined the Parent Savers Club. I have to say my favorite part is the extra bonus content after each new show. I usually listen through the app, but I'm wondering if there's a way to listen online as well. Hi, everyone. I'm Sunny. I'm one of the producers on Parent Savers, and I'd love to answer your question, Carrie. First of all, thank you for joining our club. And yes, as far as the extra bonus content, all you have to do is head on over to ParentSavers.com, go over to the Members section, click in the Login area, enter the same information that you enter on your app in order to log in, and you'll be able to access the bonus content from there as well. Nice if you're at work or something like that and you kind of want to listen. Um, when you're right in front of a computer. So, Carrie, thank you so much for your question. That wraps up our show on emergency preparation kits uh, for your family and making emergency preparations. However, if you'd like to win an emergency preparation kit from our friends at Safety First, we'll be doing a giveaway of those. We'll be doing a raffle copter giveaway. You can go to the episode page on the website for information on that and to enter. And you can also, we'll be tweeting about that and our Facebook page will have information as well. So thanks again so much to HT for joining us from the Red Cross. Definitely check out our sister shows for New Mommy Media. Next week, we're going to be talking about how to face a serious diagnosis with your family. So if you get diabetes, cancer, asthma, if a kid gets diagnosed with that, how to face it. Serious topic. Um, that families are faced with. So it should be a very interesting show. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. Thanks again so much for joining us. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. 
Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.